three years ago. Three years ago. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm just adding in the graphics now. But you know what? It took a while, but we got here. What started off as a kid with a mic has turned into conversations with countless NFL reporters, with countless people, with some people who I have not even met in person, but they feel like friends. Why? Because... We've made it to the 200th episode of YWC Football Talk. This is somewhere I never, ever, ever thought I was going to get to. Um, and all things aside with today and what happened with the Pats, we'll get into that more on Wednesday with McGarvin. He will be back. The episode's been rescheduled. Him and I are going to talk about everything this coming Wednesday night where we kick off 201. Before tonight, it's special. Why? Because obviously the Pats game got flexed out. But in there goes the Commanders versus the Giants. And what happens every time that Daniel Jones plays in prime time? You bring the big guns. He ended 199. He's starting the 200 era. Big rap. Before we get into anything else, I'm going to say this. Your team, they impressed me last night. I'm going to go right to it. I feel like every time we do this, the last Danny Dimes primetime episode featured Bills and Dolphins. I know you guys were on the losing end of things, but you guys held your own, and Tua was pretty good last night. He was. He was. That was uh, statistically his best game in quote-unquote cold weather. And uh, it was good to see because one of the narratives feels like every time the Dolphins do something good, people always move the goalposts. And from Dan Hansis from NFL from the NFL Network, who – I think he's a good analyst, but I think he's an idiot when it comes to the Dolphins because he's a big Jets fan. And he started the year by saying the Dolphins, they're beating these teams, but they're not scoring a lot of points because, like, they only put up 19 against the Bills. Like, they only they were scoring in the 20s, those games that Tua was out. They only scored 16 on Sunday Night Football. And then the Dolphins ripped up multiple games where they were putting up 30, multiple games. And then it became, okay, but can this team really compete with elite teams on the road in the weather in December, which is, like, a very high bar. Go beat the Bills in December and score 30-plus. Like, if you do that, you're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's really fucking hard to do. <laughs> the Dolphins came close, 29 points on the road in the elements. I think Colin Cowherd also said that. Like, oh, can this Dolphins offense do it in the cold? Can they do it in the adverse conditions? Does Tua have the arm to throw in adverse weather? All this dumb shit that was wrong. Again, like everything with the Dolphins. It was always wrong. It's not, like, now proven right. It was wrong the whole time, but it's just nice to confirm that it was wrong. That Nice to confirm, yes, the Dolphins can, in fact, go to a Super Bowl contender on the road in inclement weather. And the offense can still be elite, and that gives you hope for the playoffs. Um, yeah, it was a good game. It hurt, though. Maybe not as bad as yours hurt, but mine mine hurt, too, in a different way. And our guest on one, on Thursday night, Greg, so I found a tweet. He DM'd me today saying that he said, respect to the Dolphins. They played their asses off last night in a tough battle of championship caliber teams. I wasn't so sure, but the hashtag Bills Mafia versus hashtag Fins Up rivalry is back. So some high praise from a good friend, a new good friend of the show. Um, yeah, like we said, obviously there's a lot of stuff that happened in the NFL this week that we'll have to get into. Like, obviously, I didn't get to watch the Bucs game, but them apparently vomiting all over themselves. Yep. Um the goofiness of a comeback that happened in Minneapolis yesterday where thank you for the plus three and a half Colts. <laughs> that was the thing I was saying when it got to overtime. I'm like, just cover the, like lose by three. What they do? They lost by three. And I was like, thank you. Cause I, yesterday I didn't post it, but my parlay was I took the, I took the over at 43 and a half. I mixed it with the Colts cover. 
I also took the Ravens on the money line because I saw a tweet from John U- John Ewing from BetMGM saying the sports book needed the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, that was wrong too to do. That was a waste of money. And then like today, I saw the sports book needed the Buccaneers. That didn't happen either. But all in all, this was a weird, wacky weekend of football, and we're not even done it yet. As Daniel, let's see if Danny Dimes can keep the lead, or if he's also going to vomit all over himself. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, and I do love this. And I, I would be remiss to not say that. Uh, it is an honor to be here on the 200th episode and also on a Danny Dimes primetime game. It is, I know me and some of the other guests uh, that have been on repeatedly, we just think it's really cool that we get to do this, that you've uh, been very committed to keep the show up this long and uh, we really appreciate it. And we're very happy to be part of the YWC family and to keep it going uh, as we watch, hopefully if Danny Dimes plays well enough, maybe not the last Danny Dimes primetime game, That's maybe fun. we'll We'll see. It's kind of up in the air. Uh, it is. I, he is extension eligible. And I think, oh, yeah, wait, he's, I think he's outright a free agent. Didn't they decline his option? They like did that? decline his fifth year. So, yeah, he is a free agent. But here's the thing, though. They if, they make the play, if they make the playoffs. I'm just saying, if they make the playoffs. Yeah. And he's and he, he did play well on that on that two-minute drill drive. I was watching the, watching him perform there. So that was at least good to see. I'm uh I'm also playing against Danny Dimes in fantasy football in the quarterfinals of one of my leagues, so I need him to do well, but not like too well. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. But yeah, no, it was a crazy weekend of football. I mean, I got my heart broken last night, but I I watched all the games today and I had a really good time. And so far, this game's been fun. So yeah. And one thing I'll say about the playoff race, and I'm gonna say it, even though this team is good, who's the only team in the AFC East to not beat the Detroit Lions? <laughs> Sorry, New York Jets. We just had to go there, Danny. Um, our friend Dan- and our friend Danny uh, also. He has to stop three. going to Jets games. I'm sorry, but he's not seen them win once. He put a pretty hefty bet on their money line too, and uh, oof, I can only imagine on that fourth and inches call. <laughs> That's gotta fucking suck. Oh my god. Um, I still have to say this today, and even though I had money on them, are the oh. Before, because I also know there was something we're supposed to do on Thursday, but we didn't, and that's answering Isaac's question. I'm going to ask you this, though. Are the Jacksonville Jaguars good? They might be the best team in the division. I think we are getting to that level. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. This is just my prediction. Can I just say I something think... before, you, before you go on? A game that we thought was going to be a shitty December primetime game actually has a lot of implications now. So that Thursday night game is going to be something to something to watch. Yeah, I think, obviously, as a Finns fan, I'm rooting hard for the Jaguars in that game, but... What I think is going to end up happening is I think the Jets can maybe be resilient one last time at home. even with, And Zach Wilson's probably going to start because Mike White's not going to be cleared in time. I think Florio yeah. said that on the Sunday night show. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to be on the Jaguars because they're hot. They're winning a lot right now, right? And it's Zach Wilson. It's not Mike White. I think the Jets with that defense can have a resilient win at home. And then the Titans – and people are going to think, oh, the Titans got the division in hand because they play Houston next week. But I think what's going to happen is the Titans are going to lose to the Cowboys in two weeks. Yeah. And then that week 18 game is probably going to be on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Titans-Jags for the division. I also looked up right now at the uh, betting line. At, oh, Jacksonville opens at minus one and a half. So we'll see for where that goes. But you know what? That makes a very excellent point. That game could be in there. Because when I looked at week 18, like I plan on doing with people like a like – a, just games like, hey, who could be week 18 Sunday Night Football? I looked at, like, you guys against the Jets, Patriots Bengals. against the Bills, Bengals, Ravens. But I think two of those three that I just said, those are probably what's going to fill Saturday night. Because last yeah. year, 
the NFL kind of gave us a shitty Saturday slate week 18 where it was like Denver KC in a meaningless game that pretty much was – I always – I'll never forget this. So obviously, most people you know by now, and especially you, I was never a, a Vic Fangio guy past 2020. There was a play last year in that game with like four minutes to go and he decided to kick the field goal instead of deciding to go for it on fourth down. And in that moment, I was like, okay, that's his job. That, that He's fired. He, he went conservatively. So I'm just saying this as an example where I don't want to see the NFL put Pittsburgh and Cleveland on a Saturday. No, I want two games with strong playoff implications. You have to put both AFC East games on that Saturday. Go right ahead so Sunday I can watch Red Zone. But at the same time, too, like Jacksonville – like that's the thing, too. Jacksonville, Tennessee, that's just – oh, man, that is just juicy. That week 18 yeah. game in. It's juicy, and it probably doesn't – because, like, the problem with – the problem with the other games – is that if there's earlier results in the day, the game might not matter for certain teams. Like, yeah. it's very possible the Dolphins already clinch a playoff spot that day if they're on Sunday Night Football. And, yeah, the Jets need the game, but the Dolphins don't. And then the Jets get an unfair advantage because they're playing a team more inclined to rest starters because of the timing of the game. Whereas if they played earlier, that might not have been the case. So Hello, what happened two years ago with the Eagles and the football and team? The, the and the football team. So I think Jags-Titans – if it goes to how we think it's going to go, which is, you know, the um, I think the like I said, I think the Jags lose on Thursday, the Titans lose to the Cowboys, and that game is for the division. But the other scenario, you know, where the Jags win on Thursday, the Titans beat the Cowboys, that game is still for the division. Either way, both teams will be motivated to play their starters in that game, no matter what happens during the day, because they'll have a chance to get a home playoff game out of it. So I think it's the I think it's a good. That's why like like. They always I, – I think the Falcons are not going to make it because of their no. loss today and with Ritter. But those years where there's a bad division is always a good bet to put on Sunday Night Football because it has no implications anywhere else. It doesn't affect the wild card race. It doesn't affect, you know, other teams. So I, I think it's a good bet. Yeah, because when I look at the Buccaneers-Falcons game, like you have to think of the Buccaneers schedule. Okay, you have – which I know everyone was shitting on the Broncos and Rams and Christmas um, during the day Christmas Day, but that – Colt McCoy versus Tom Brady game at night is not something people are going to want to tune into. So you have the, the Buccaneers have that game. Uh, also, too, I'm going to say this right now, Rams and Broncos. Do we know Rams and Chargers week, uh, week 17? Do we flex that out or do we keep that in Sunday Night Football? Yeah, we should flex it out. I mean, I guess I guess because it is the battle of the L.A. teams that I think Baker Mayfield adds a little juice to the Rams because of how he played on that Thursday night game. But I, I would say the smart move is to probably flex it out, all things considered. And the Chargers, the Chargers are going to be on Monday Night Football anyways next week, which you can't flex out of. Not no. yet. You can next year. But uh, The only game year. I see on week, 18, week 17 to flex in, potentially San Francisco-Vegas just for the rivalry aspect, or um, there's a game in Foxborough between the Patriots and the Dolphins that you could very well put in there because I look at all the other games and I'm like, Steelers-Ravens, no. Bears-Lions, yeah. no. Seahawks-Jets could be an interesting one. That could, could be, be for a while. That could be that could be for a wild card for both teams. Yeah, and then I'm also looking because, like, even I look at the schedule too for the NFC South. Like, I look at the Saints, and I'm like, they go to Cleveland, and then they go to Philly in the next two weeks. And I'm just like, they don't. The Saints have relatively never been a good cold weather team, even though they did win today. The Saints are four and four at home, but they're five, one and five away from the dome. So that's the where I still think. If I look at the Saints, I think that team finishes six, seven and ten or six and eleven. I think maybe you steal against Cleveland because Cleveland, even though yesterday, I'm sorry, I think that the that, that I just look at that where I'm like, I don't know what to think of Cleveland still, even though they did get the win yesterday. I think if Lamar's healthy, they don't win. And plus two yesterday, 
Yesterday was a weird, weird day for Justin Tucker. He usually doesn't miss that much. Yeah, no, two missed kicks. And then, the I mean, the Ravens also, like, had a terrible performance in the red zone. You know, they got stopped on fourth and one. Yeah. Uh, Hunley throws a pick in the red zone on third down. And then I think there was another play where a Ravens player fumbled. I think it might have been deep. Not Demarcus Robinson, I think, fumbled at midfield or something like that. So the Ravens left a lot of points on the board in that game. They should have scored a bad point. pick at some point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you can also put Bucks. Oh, sorry. Uh, Bucks Panthers. Isn't that also week 17? You that is that week one. 17, yes, because the Panthers play New Orleans week 18. The Panthers control their own destiny. If they win out, they win the division because they play Tampa and they already beat them earlier in the year. Do you think regardless, though, Steve Wilkes has coached himself for a job next year, or do you think they'll go get someone else? Even if they, Say if they miss the playoffs. Say if they – Yeah. Do you uh, think if they miss the playoffs, I would say it's a coin flip because there was a report by someone from The Athletic, I forget who it was, who said that David Tepper, because they're probably going to draft a quarterback, David yeah. Tepper really wants an offensive-minded coach to work with his quarterback. And if you bring back Steve Wilkes, that's not what you're getting. Uh-uh. And so – I think I think if he wins the division, you kind of have to give it back to him, especially for turning that team around. But if they don't win the division, then I think it is. Ooh, nice throw by Heineke there. Ooh, I think it, nice. I'm a, I'm a couple seconds behind. Oh yeah. Oh my bad. My bad. I should have just. Acquired. All good. It's all good. But yeah, if if they don't win the division, then I think that um I would lean against him coming back. But I think it's close. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. I think you know what? Hey, if you went get the division win, it's like hey, you get this year. Um, the one thing I'll say about coaches right now, I'm sorry. I know, especially if they lose out, I don't know how Arizona breaks by Cliff Kingsbury. I'm sorry. You're four and 10. You, you got your butts kicked by the Brett Rippon Broncos. I don't know if Colt McCoy got hurt today or not, but Trace McSorley played. Okay. So Colt McCoy went down. That's even the other thing next week too. Do you want to see Tom Brady versus Trace McSorley? No. Will I watch it? Yes. Um, but there's just so much with these games saying, like, even we haven't gotten the most wacky one, but we'll get into that in a sec. Like, I'm even going down here. Um, great call on the spread on my end was Chicago plus eight and a half. I just knew – I just had a feeling it was good. Uh, the only thing I missed was the over there. I thought for sure that was going to be a shootout game, but I was I was wrong. Even, Eagles, even today. Eagles, 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 a little lucky. Eagles, I think, are four and oh in one-score games. Um, yeah. I guess four and one if you count that Commanders game. So – like they've they've gotten some pretty fortunate bounces this year. Like I think they're due to lose one of these close games. I think they're losing next week. I believe Cowboys open as favorites. Um, I think I think they're losing next week, and that'll probably be a one score loss. But you know that's the thing though. If they do lose that game, everyone that's going to be the biggest overreaction is, oh, are the Eagles cooked? Are the Eagles done? I think if they do win out, they're going to lose a heartbreaker in the divisional round. Like when I think of the Eagles and the. That's all you can think about with the Eagles is just heartbreaking playoff losses. Yes, they got their – you're really – oh, John. That's – uh-uh, I wouldn't know. I, OPI is such a weird call. Yeah, and, and it's nebulous. Like, that people, they're so selective about when they want to call it to, like, what counts as interference on a break, what counts as, like, route disruption. Like, it's always inconsistent. That's – I don't I don't agree with that call. Like, that's – like. I, I I could even say a lot of stuff. Like we'll get into me in a bit. Um, I do want. I, I do want to go though. Let's let's shift gears now. So you know how Randy said to me, a team that's surprised you and a team that's disappointed you. I'll start off with disappointed because mine's an easy answer. No, it's not the Broncos. It's the Colts. 
I was back on here in the summer saying that they're a dark horse for the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's going to rejuvenate that team. Our favorite guy is going to take them all away. I was so wrong about that. I was so, so wrong about the Indianapolis Colts. They're just, I don't know what you do if you're the Colts. Yeah, no, it's it, they're in a tricky situation. And he missed. <laughs> wow, that's brutal. Looked like he missed cleanly, too. It didn't even look like rem- remarkably close. Uh, it was not. I... I would say it's a weird one because I thought they would have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. But when the defending champs are not just bad, but they are horrible. And they were bad before Stafford got hurt. I know that's now the convenient excuse. They lost their quarterback, cut them some slack. They were like three and seven when he got hurt in that Saints game. And they were going to lose that Saints game anyways. I think the defending champs having the worst Super Bowl defense in NFL history, which I believe is what it is statistically. I believe no – yeah, someone did the math. Like, Super Bowl champions have not made the playoffs before. Like, the 2002 Bucks went 7-9 and nine the next year. But this isn't 7-1. The 0-2 Patriots as well. The 0-2 uh, – yeah, the, the 0-1 Patriots to 2002. Absolutely. Um, but every, every – Aldi, like, I think the Steelers, I think in 2008, they didn't make the playoffs the next year after winning the Santonio Holmes catch Super Bowl. They went, like, 8-8 eight and eight or – or nine and seven or something like that. And then they made the Super Bowl the next year. Yeah, then they then they made the Super Bowl the year after. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've seen Super Bowl champs ha- have bad years. How often have we seen Super Bowl champs go four and twelve or four and thirteen, I guess, in this in this day's yeah. NFL? And that's what it looks like the Rams are gonna do based on the schedule. It, that's what it does look like, though. But I did look at the spreads, by the way. Uh, a couple that I do like for next week is hey, I want to take the Seahawks plus in against the Chiefs because I do yeah. do like Chiefs didn't cover again. They again didn't cover the big spread. I know, I know you had it, and then Greg talked you out of it, and but they again. He didn't talked cover me back it. in. He talked me back in. But but I just looked at that game where I'm like, you know what? They're gonna kick their ass. Like everyone's high on Houston, but then now it's like everyone's got that doubt where it's like, oh, can they cover? And I'm like, I have trust issues when it comes to the Chiefs with these big spreads. And plus, two Seattle is playing for their lives on the yeah. playoff lives next week. Um, by really the way, Dallas up. did open at minus one and a half. By the way, for this coming sun, this coming Saturday. That's the other weird thing too. All the games are Saturday this week. There's no, there's three Sunday there's games. Three Sunday games, including which, mine. Yes, you're one of them. Um, I'm even looking down here, but yeah, no, the Rams. Like when they lost Week One to the Bills, I was like, okay, yeah, this is just more or less reassuring. Buffalo is it? Buffalo is that team? Yeah, Buffalo's good enough. Yeah, they're fine. There's nothing to worry about. They're good. Um, but with the Rams, though, like injuries aside. I have a hot take. I do think there's a chance Sean McVay gets out this year. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of there's there, you've heard rumblings about that. Yeah. Um, I think what I think what it really could happen is if if Aaron Donald and Ndamukong, I mean not Ndamukong, if Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford retire, and yeah. there's some rumblings about that too. I think McVay's gone. I think it was Albert Breer. Albert Breer said on on the Rich Eisen show when they traded for. Or when they tried to trade, they tried to trade for McCaffrey. Apparently, they apparently offered like the same haul as the 49ers did. The one difference was that like the Niners offered a 2023 fourth round pick, and the Rams offered a 2024 fourth round pick because they didn't have a 2023 fourth round pick, and that was the only difference in their offers. Their offers otherwise were exactly the same, and that was the small difference between getting McCaffrey and not getting McCaffrey, and. I think it was kind of good for the Rams that they didn't do that trade because they need whatever little draft capital they have right now, given how problematic their team is. Yeah, he said, Breer said on the Rich Eisen show that McVay is tied to Stafford and Aaron Donald. 
he thinks they're going to kind of decide as a unit whether to keep playing, whether to retire, et cetera, et cetera. My other thing, too, with Aaron, not so much Aaron Donald, but with Matt Stafford, I think it's, you know what, especially if his health is first, I think he's going to take that into effect as well. Plus the fact that you can look, too, hey, I got my Super Bowl. Yeah, um, you know, he's gonna be like, a guy though, like Aaron Donald, obviously, like lock for Canton, even if he retires after this year. But Matt Stafford's gonna be that guy. I feel like a lot of people are gonna have conversations about, but I think the Super Bowl does get him in. That's me. Uh Stafford? Yeah, I think the Super Bowl I think because of the Super Bowl, he gets in. Um, but when you look at it, I completely agree with you on all three, where it's like, yeah, like if one it's gonna be like one of those ones where it's like where one domino falls, the other domino falls. Like, you know how when uh Brady came back, Arians mysteriously stepped down two and a half weeks later. It's going to be like the same thing. You know, it's like Stafford retires like the middle of March and then like beginning of April, uh, Donald leaves. And then like after the draft, like one of the other guys leave. It's going to be like one of those like awkward, just like, you know, timed out perfectly. Maybe like a little bit off, like maybe someone right after the season's done steps down. But then like how Peyton did where it was like randomly a press conference in the middle of January, at, like four in the afternoon. But Basically, because I think if they want a decision about that, you know they're probably going to talk to all three of them. And oh snap! Ooh, Oof. are they calling him down? Danny Dimes going to Danny Dimes in prime time, oh, baby! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh man! Oh, that's just horrible ball Oh, is he down? I think he's down. Oh, I don't know. I let me see. Where does the cheek? Oh, he's down. He's down. He's down. Yeah, that's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. He's good. But yeah, so I just think it's like one of those things like where it's like, you know what? Hey, we all got a ring. We're good. We're leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then with I teams that, like, one by one going down that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you'll see something like Cooper Cup asked for like an out or something like that. And then like they're kind of left with yeah, Ramsey. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Jalen Ramsey too. But then when it comes to teams that you're surprised by in a good way. The team I want to say, even though it's tough and it's a bit of a toss-up, I kind of want to go with I, I want to go with the Jets, but at the same time, too, I know Danny was hyping them up all offseason and everything like that. Like, oh, this team's going to be this, this team's going to be that. I'm going with the Detroit Lions, a team that we thought wasn't going to be good. Uh, I was talking, it was it was my grandfather's so That's the thing why this was recording between you and I was late because I had my family's Christmas today because obviously everyone's off doing their own thing next week. And with Detroit, I was just like. The team's not exactly good, but they've bought into the coach's philosophy and it's worked. Like when I say that, I'm not trying to dunk on them and say, oh, they're a horrible team. But when you look at them on paper, they have players, but they're not this team that like you're scared of. But out of nowhere, they went from being one and four, one and five to now being, I think they're seven and seven. Uh, the Lions, yeah, they are yeah. seven and seven. The Lions are seven and seven. And if you look at the NFC wild card, they're literally a game back of the Giants. And who beat the Giants a month ago in their own stadium? And also, here's the other thing too with the Lions. Panthers, that that Lions Panthers game, that's a very good battle of the Cats next Saturday for especially where both teams slay. But then they have the Bears and then they have the Packers to finish off their season. So this is a Lions team that very well can get the eight or nine wins. Very Absolutely. well can. And I'll say this too: he makes the playoffs. I, I think you you have to seriously consider Dan Campbell for coach of the year. You should. And I think um, Aaron Glenn, I think, should be – is going to be a guy that they look at for jobs soon. And I'll explain why. I know it Deuce sounds Daly, good. too. Yeah, because they – he, in New Orleans, was hailed as a great, great, great coach. 
because he could defensive backs. And New Orleans was just churning out stars at defensive back all the time with Lattimore or Marcus Williams or freaking um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, like yeah. over and over and over again, they would just reproduce these really good cornerbacks or, or safeties. So that was his position. He coaches the Lions as a DC. Their defense is terrible last year. It's terrible the first half of this year, but it gets better and better as the season goes along. It's actually been pretty good the last couple of weeks. And it's actually like a very solid defense with very limited talent. Like they have some good pieces in the front seven, but their secondary is very, very thin. And to hold offenses to less than 20 points with the cornerbacks and the safeties they have, I think that's incredibly impressive. And I think him showing that he can get a defense with poor talent to play well and also showing that he can get his unit to improve as the season goes along, I think that's what you look for in a head coach. Because when he gets good talent, then then the defense will actually be like great once there's actually great talent on the roster. So I don't know if – it might be too early. We might be a year too early before it happens. But I would circle that name for like down the line. Uh, you, for, for you know what he could be? It could be like D'Amico Ryans where someone interviews him, but then he decides to stay with Detroit for 2023. And then next year, say if Detroit has the same style defense, which by the way, I know everyone says Sauce Gardner for D, uh, defensive rookie of the year. You seriously have to put Aiden Hutchinson's name in there. He has really come on these last few weeks and he's been playing really good football and living up to his uh, draft hype status. But basically, if the Lions defense comes out next year and plays uh, great, he'll be one of those guys you'll be hearing about all year, like how D'Amico Ryan's name this year is. He's going to be a head coach next year. He's yeah. going to be this. He's going to be that. I think that's where the route where Aaron Glenn goes because I think it's one of those things, too, where even – I'm sorry, if you're the Lions and if you have that Rams pick, do what your team did. Trade it for a Golden Goose Hall. I know there's not exactly like a elite Golden Goose at quarterback this year. But someone's going to move up and pay. We've seen in the past before, like, look what the Rams did to get Jared Goff, what the uh, Eagles did to get Carson Wentz. There's a team out there that is quarterback desperate that's, like, lurking outside of the top ten that will make that jump to get up ahead. So if, if I'm Brad Holmes and you get an offer for that, keep Jared Goff, draft someone with your own pick, and then develop them. Because I still think next year you can get ahead with Jared Goff, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll truly see what happens. But Detroit's been one of those teams where it's just – Everything's gone right. They're completely night and day from the team I saw in person week five, where they were just making poor decision after poor decision. You and I think we're on here all off last offseason saying, you know what, Dan Campbell is a hot seat name. But I think regardless, he has job security for next year. But I think next year is a year where you look at where it's like Cliff last year, where it's we want to see what you do next year. This year, we have to make the playoffs. Yeah. And Ben, ben Johnson's a good name because he's going to – like I don't know if I don't know if he'll get a job right now, but he's, it's certainly going to be close. Like it's certainly going to be highly discussed. And that call on fourth and inches when he calls that um that throw to I think it was Brock Wright, who yep. then scores a fifty yard touchdown. That was one of the most incredible. Like because I was so mad when they faked it there because I it's like it's like one of my hard beliefs. Fourth and inches is a sneak, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. And to fake it and to not even run the ball, but to fake it and then to throw actually throw a pass. When so many things can go wrong, the guy can drop the ball. The defensive lineman can tip the ball down. And then to not only get it, but to score a 50-yard touchdown because the defense isn't ready for a pass to that player in that situation. Like, I, I it, they got a really good stuff. They got a really, really good stuff. And I think Dan Campbell is helped by that. If he can keep some of these guys, kind of like Mike McCarthy in Dallas, if you can keep the coordinators when they're supposed to be head coaches, that's how you can kind of keep continuity, you know, and keep the system strong. Exactly. And even still, like stuff like last week where your pass to ice the game is to a your star left your star right tackle. 
That's the other thing too, where it's just like yeah. and Dan, even too that was all Ben Johnson doing that. That was not Dan Campbell at all. He was like, wait, wait, who are we throwing it to? And then Panay Sewell catches the ball wide open. So it's just one of those things where the Lions are open to taking risks, but it's one of those ones where it's like high risk, high reward. But right now they're reaping the benefits of high risk and just having the reward. So you know what? For all of that, I got to give them you. You can't. They're no longer the doormat of the NFL. They're yeah. no longer that. That's it's, it's Houston by a mile, but. The Lions are a relative team again, and I think it's, you know what, it's good for the NFL in the sense that it is a marquee franchise because it wasn't, it's like the OG franchises. Like, I know, like, the Giants right now are kind of in that mix. I know the Bears are the Bears, but when those teams are good, it's good for the league. It's like when the Dow, like, like how everyone, I know we like to clown on the Cowboys, but it's like the same thing, too. If the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl, it's good for the league. It is. And it'd be, oh my God, if they're in the Super Bowl this year, that'd be like the most watched Super Bowl in NFL history. It would be. Like, just the game is bigger now. Television is bigger now. Like, like their Thanksgiving game last year or this year, I forget which, like, set like a record, like, for Thanksgiving viewership. So, yeah, I think, I think, it, it, like, the eyeballs tell you. The eyeballs tell you the story. Exactly. And so I have to go to you now. Who's your surprise team for 2022 so far? Yeah, lines are a good choice. Um, I, I I will definitely admit to being wrong on that because not that I didn't think that one day they would be great because I did believe in them, their offensive line and defensive line they built through the draft. I, I'm a big fan of Amon Ross and Brown. I'm a big fan of all their running backs that they have. So I definitely thought it was possible. Remember, they had, they had Hawkinson at the start yeah. of the year too. Uh, I just thought that the defense wouldn't be this good this quickly. I thought – I, I like, you know, we've been around the block a lot in the NFL and I, we see this a lot where these rebuilding teams, everyone's predicting like the second year surge. And usually what ends up happening is the team is still bad. And it's actually the third year where you actually start to see the progress, like the Browns yeah. Mayfield second year, you know, there was a lot of, when they traded for Odell, there was a lot of hype around them. Like, Oh, they finally got a quarterback. Like it's year two. Like, I saw right through that. I yeah. saw, I said right away, I'm like, Nope, they're going to miss the playoffs. What happened? They missed the playoffs. Like and back back way back in the day, this is a while ago. But like the first, the first and second year of Blake Bortles in Jacksonville mm. is a very similar story. People were thinking a second year. People before the 2015 season were predicting the Jags to make the playoffs. Were predicting them to make this big leap. And I was just so I just thought with the Lions, it's like oh I've seen this movie before. This is too much too soon. That you were a year away from them being a playoff contender. It's and, like Arizona too, going on getting D Hop and Kyler's second year. Exactly. No, another great example. They didn't, and they didn't make the playoffs either. And they went oh. under their win total, I think, or at least hit it. They only went eight and eight. They um, were good. And then I always say this about that season: that Buffalo game changed the trajectory of both teams. Because think about it: Buffalo loses that game, they go undefeated I mean, the rest of the way to the AFC Championship. Arizona yeah. won that game, and then from there, I know Kyler got hurt, but it went downhill for them very quickly. They lost a bad Thursday nighter in Seattle, and then they lost the game against us in New England, where they made a lot of mental mistakes that cost them. And so they like I was expecting the Lions to kind of do the same too much too soon, but now mm -hmm. I think they're legit. I think they're I don't know if they'll make the playoffs because of their losses early in the year, but I think they're a playoff quality team. I think they're better than the Giants and the Commanders, and they already beat both teams. So if they can just get the win loss to align the right way, I think they can get in. So that 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 is a good choice by you. And the other only other name I could say, I mean I could say the Jets, but I don't want to give Danny any more praise. And he deserves, but that defense definitely was a lot better than I thought it would be. But if I had to give, it, I had to give it a, I'm gonna cut you off for a second. If I had to give a single unit, I'm most surprised by it's that how good their defense is. Yes. Like yes. Quinn, like I'll give my flowers to this. Quinn Williams is a stud in that defensive tackle position. 
I, I would say, I would say, uh, and, and he is, he, he's an absolute monster. Um, I, I guess I'll say the Jaguars too, because that was another one where in the off season, there was a lot of hype around them. And I kind of thought the same thing, like, no, 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 too much too soon. They're not ready for that. They're not ready to be playoff contenders, et cetera. Giving Christian Kirk way too much money. I, like everyone trashed their free agency. Everyone said, oh, my God, Trent Blocky's an idiot. They paid all these middling receivers big money. By the way, Zay Jones, who they killed for signing to a three-year $30 million contract. Zay Jones went off today, and he went off last week too. So Evan Ingram, right, a career resurgence he's having in Jacksonville these last yeah. couple of weeks. At Tre- Trevor Lawrence looks like Justin Herbert. Like that's what he looks like right now. If, yeah. if, you, if, you're out, if you're listening to this and you love Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence is playing exactly as well as him, if not better, right now. And I didn't think it would happen this quickly because he was so raw last year. He looked so bad. I always believed in his future. I always believed one day he would be great. But I thought he was so bad last year. The Urban Meyer experience was so bad. It would just take more time. So to see them at 6-8, and and I think they're going to make the playoffs. I do think they're going to win the AFC South because I think they're better than the Titans. Uh, I, I would say that is my biggest surprise. I agree with you on that one just because, like you said, they've really come on the last few weeks because they're beating teams they have no business beating. They beat Baltimore. They beat Cowboys. the Cowboys. That's the thing. They beat the Cowboys. Like that's like when I see the Cowboys and I think, oh, this is their year. They do stupid stuff like that, like losing to the Texans, losing to, barely beating the Texans. Excuse me, losing to the Jags. Where I look at them and I'm like, okay, like what are you doing, Dallas? But then even like I go back and look at some other games too for them. Uh, hanging in tough with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they beat Vegas, um, but then yeah, like they have the three straight losses with the Giants game, even though they. Almost won. Denver, too. They almost won. But then even still, they were 2-1 and one at the beginning of the season. Remember, they beat the Colts convincingly. And then they went into they went into L.A. and beat the Chargers 38-10 to 10 week three. So they're just one of those teams that no one expects. I still think this year they'll be a team that even if they win their division, they'll probably get bounced in the wild card round. But they're yeah. a team that they're getting their flower. They're, 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 getting, they're getting their flowers for all the right reasons. And I'm going to make a transition to the Chargers because of today's game, mm-hmm. I do think the Chargers are going to get the 6 and 7 seed. I think that's going to be the thing. I think how it is now, I don't think the wild card seeds are changing unless either you or L.A. lose out and the, one of the Patriots and the Jets win out. I think the Jets have shot themselves in the foot too much to do that. And even though the Patriots have been wonky ever since as – Whoa. Oh, almost had it. That was um, cool for a minute. <laughs> that was, it was one of those moments where it's like, whoa, cool. And folks, for those of you getting distracted by us, hey, stay down in prime time. Y'all know the drill. Um, and they, I, they just had a flea flicker, and we both like simultaneously looked at our screens like, whoa. Flea yeah. flicker. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, so, um, Chargers, unless the Jets, Patriots, unless they went out, Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Because with the Jets, that like this Thursday's game is going to tell us a lot about both teams. I It's going to tell us a lot. And then with the Jets – you go to the Seahawks, and that's going to be a desperation spot for both teams. And then they go to you guys to finish off the year. And I still say this about the Jets. They needed that Patriots win. They needed that win. That was that, like, you know, because that could have been their crowning. We're here. We're a different team. We're this, we're that. And even now, like, with Zach Wilson still playing, there's so many question marks because you couldn't beat the Detroit Lions. And there was a report. I don't, I don't, I don't think we talked about this on Thursday because I don't think – when we did the show on Thursday, I don't think the news had broken yet that Zach Wilson was going was gonna to start. And no. there was a report on Twitter, I don't remember where I saw it from, that there's a rumor that the Jets' ownership wants Zach Wilson to stay starting um, because 
they, I mean, he's number two overall pick. I don't have to yeah. explain why. Like, yeah, it makes sense. But Salah wants Mike White to keep starting. And they say that may have something to do with why Mike White, everyone thought he was going to play. He said he was going to play. And then he's not cleared on Friday. And yeah. by the way, they play on Thursday Night Football this week. He's probably not going to be cleared again. It's one of those things that just makes you go, hmm. And if Zach Wilson starting the rest of the year, they will not make the playoffs. They will not yeah. win out. I, and again, I literally said like 10 minutes ago that I think they're going to beat the Jaguars on Thursday and all that. So it's not like I think they're capable of winning any game, but I don't think they're beating us unless we rest starters. That's the only way yeah. they would beat us is if we rest starters. And um, so, yeah, I think that Zach Wilson being their starter might might come back to bite them. I don't think you guys will be rushing starters at that point just because even yeah. for like you guys and like for us – our last three games are against teams. And by the way, I know you guys play Green Bay and they're kind of out of it. I don't like showing like those teams with like five or six wins in there. Like, even though we'll get into it, we'll get into it, folks. But even though Vegas had their moment today, they're not making the playoffs. Like there's certain teams where it's like they're giving their fans false sense of hope at this time of the year, and that's not what you want to be. And I feel like the Jets are slowly creeping into that thing. But for now, for the Jets for next year. My worry with them is, you know what, our expectations way too high to that you crumble under your own pressure, kind of like what the Arizona Cardinals were this year. You know what the Jets were? It's like this year was like, okay, hey, go in there and make some noise. You made some noise, but it's how you truly, truly respond to that third-year leap. Because with Zach Wilson, management doesn't have to go out and get him a weapon. You have Garrett Wilson. You have Elijah Moore. You have Corey Davis. You have have a Denzel he have an excuse that these other quarterbacks have where it's yeah. like get them the premier weapon and like Wilson already has plenty that's why I'm saying it with Mac where I'm like I want the Patriots to go out and get a weapon either whether through the draft or training because free agency I, I have a new name for you on that by the way <clears throat> Ooh. um we'll get into that in a yeah. sec oh. oh sorry I should we you should know what? Have in a second but yeah. you know what I'm just looking at other games today like the only other ones I see here is uh one thing I'll say going back to the AFC South if the Titans miss out, does Mike Vrabel get fired? I would think not, but it depends on the – look, I mean, If he, him getting fired or not is going to depend on the dynamic of the politics of that whole organization. Um, I would – it seems like the ownership doesn't like John Rob, – didn't like John Robinson, but they liked Mike Vrabel. And so I think Vrabel will probably have a hand in picking his new general manager. And if that's the case, then he'll be around for a while. Yeah. Getting fired I think would be harsh. They've made the playoffs three years in a row before this year. I understand the team is middling. They've had bad luck with injuries and the offense is like kind of really hard to watch right now, but telling everyone right now, fantasy leagues, Trey Lawn Burks, that dude is a stud. That dude is about to explode down the stretch. I've been waiting for him to have his second half of the season breakout. The Titans desperately need him. He got a concussion in that Eagles game while scoring a touchdown, by the way. Yeah. And he's been gone the last three games. They're being underrated right now because of that. When he comes back and he should come back next week, they're going to start taking off because I think that guy's a monster. And I think he struggled earlier in the year with injuries. I think now you're about to see him ascend in the last three games. I only say that about Mike Vrabel because I look at it because there's always one year. There's always one coach that no one saw coming. Like well, Brian Flores, still- like the Brian Flores firing okay. last year. That's where I get it from. You know, where it's like, it's that impulse. Like, Hey, you're not the guy. You're not this. Like we want to just start fresh with a clean slate and everything like that. That's where I worry about with the Titans. We, um, we, we do have the McCarthy thing in our back pocket, but that's not a surprise. Like, everyone knows that. Like, if they if they don't win the division and they lose to the NFC South champion, whether it's the Bucs or the Falcons or the Panthers or whoever, then I do think he gets fired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that was Mike McCarthy regardless. Because, like, 
Yeah. Like, look, it's it's Dallas. It's every year you're under a microscope. You're this and that. Um, and, and they're and they're a great team. Like they they should be. They should win playoff games this year. Like they, they're good enough to. Yeah. I don't want to do this, but I'm ready to rip off the bandaid. Oh boy. Well, Patriots we're... lose thirty to twenty four after trailing seventeen to ten to the Las Vegas Raiders. You know. What was weird about this game was that Mac had probably one of the worst games of his career, but then yet Derek Carr played just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, the quarterbacks were very well scouted by both sides. You could kind of tell that the Raiders kind of had a sense of how to defend Mac Jones. So that yeah. was part of it. Yeah. Um the other thing too is is I know Connor McDermott's a practice squad guy, but he handled Max Crosby very well. That was one thing. Max Crosby. I know it was obviously Chandler Jones was the big hero of the day, if you will. But he got a sack too. Chandler Jones got a sack earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. But Chandler Jones, I know he's a big free agency signing, but Max Crosby's like the quote unquote anchor of the defense. And the fact that last week he had this like just unbelievable week against that Rams. He was just cooking all night long to today getting shut out. And even the other one too, I'll give credit where credit's due. You got to put Marcus Jones' name in the in the defensive rookie of the year conversation, especially after what he did today, holding Devontae Adams to what he held Adams to. What the fuck is going? Oh on Oh my game? god! There's always stupid shit in these games. It's NFC East football. I feel like it's just called the just reading the division. Stupid, the stupid shit champion. Um, whoever whoever had the ball originally probably doesn't have the ball right now. Like no, whatever no, decision no. they make, <laughs> that ball has changed hands. Okay, let's see. What are the this decision's taking forever? Let's see. Oh, the commanders got it. Wow, they got lucky. Jesus. Yeah, they got lucky. But the one thing I'll say is though today, I think we learned that if he was down, he was down anyways. Oh yeah, he was fine. Um, The one thing I'll say about the Patriots is though. Not even the bad quarterbacking play. If they can get proper offensive play calling and another weapon to add to Max Arsenal. Because the other thing today, the Patriots missed. There was a lot of weirdly thrown balls. Like, there was receivers missing catches. Um, there was the Taekwon Thornton call that was inbounds within the touchdown. That I'm sorry, that was out of bounds. That it Keelan was, Cole it, touchdown it was out. What? It, 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 I, saw the, um, I saw the pool reporter apparently said that Look, it was inconclusive. It's like I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it's inconclusive. I don't know how this billion-dollar industry doesn't have like the technology to just like give you clear answers on this stuff. Like we have a camera in the pylon. Like these people are swimming in money. Quarterbacks are billionaires by virtue of being quarterbacks. Yeah. Like why is it so fucking hard to get like? to take this out of the referee's hands. And we ha- we have the technology on the field goals. Oh, this 52-yard field goal would have been good from 63 yards. Like, we, we can do that. But we yeah. can't give a precise anatomical location of feet where even though it's obvious to all of us, clearly this dumb referee didn't think so. But let's not let – don't let the dumb referee ruin the game. Make sure the dumb referee doesn't have that power by just having a clear-cut automatic decision. Because that's it. That's it. Because the Patriots have been screwed down the last three weeks by dumb calling, like the Hunter Henry touchdown, and then there was a Patrick Mahomes one the next week that was a touchdown. Where I'm like, I'm sorry, both of those are touchdowns. That's just Alex Kemp got it wrong. Ronald Torbert was the referee today. He got it wrong. Uh, the other thing too, I want to say is there's a like Jonathan Vilma. Like I don't, I just don't like it when announcers are clearly one sided. I don't like it. We saw it today from Jonathan Vilma. Um, 
Ramondre Stevenson is running back one on this team. Uh, Damian Harris is gone, by the way. I'm saying that Damian Harris will be somewhere else next year. I love the guy. He's a great running back, but it's just one of those, you know, he needs a new change. He needs to change the scenery. He, and he and to- I like I like the other backs you have, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. I was a fan of Kevin Harris in college at, when he was in South Carolina. I have him on one of my dynasty teams. I've talked about it before on the show. Yeah. It's a dynasty league where you draft college players. And yes. when, they, when they graduate to the NFL, they join your dynasty league. And I, Kevin Harris was one of the guys I've had. So I've, I've known about him for a while. And I think he's really talented. And Pierre Strong had a really good showing against the Cardinals. So it just it's just common sense Patriots logic. You let the more experienced running back walk so that someone else can pay him. And then you have the fifth and sixth round picks ready to take his job. And they're going to do just as well. So Exactly. Like, That's the other thing, too. Even Belichick's, like, hitting on all these picks. Like, if you look at, like, the last – like I was saying before – the 2020 draft class, man, Josh Uche and Kyle Dogger look great. And even today, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, Cole Strange. There's just so much good on this team that just gets overshadowed because this team keeps shooting themselves in the foot. And now when it comes down to that final play. Oh, God. I'm going to say this right now, but Mac Jones should not have been in the position he is in. I don't know what Jacoby Myers was doing. I If, if they were down like 24 to 21 and that happened, it would not have stung. It would have been, you know what, ah, it sucks. It was a stupid play. But you know what? It is what it is. Or like how the miracle of Miami, how that for the first little bit it sucked, but then obviously how hey the Patriots were. Wait, were the Patriots winning? Yeah, never mind. The Patriots were winning that game. This was tied. He goes down. Even if they lost in overtime, it would have sucked. But it's not like oh, it's this hard pill to swallow. Meanwhile, now as soon as Mac let Chandler Jones walk by him, he knew the game was over. The game, the game was over. That's. That's all I got to say. And the only other thing, too, I'll say is there's something about Mac Hollins that kind of rubs me the wrong way, like doing stupid stuff, like fielding the ball and then starting to do the gritty and stuff like that. I'm like, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> I know he's a former Dolphin. He is. He wasn't, and he wasn't just a Dolphin. He was a captain. Uh, Tua, the story's been told before by Dolphins beat writers that Tua – uh, did not want to be a captain last year because that's how much he fucking hated Brian Flores. And captains have to have a meeting with Flores once a week. And Tua hated Flores so much he didn't want to do it. And uh, so Mac Hollins uh, was the captain for the offense for the Dolphins last year. But yeah, the gritty was a little much. He's always been a little bit of a eccentric personality. Like if you ever watch any of his interviews, he like he like collects snakes. You know, like he wants snakes, gators. Like he wants a bunch of different pets um, that he thinks would be a cool experience to have. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that, that play was, I did see Jacoby Myers. I think it was Zach Cox or whoever that guy is for NESN. Zach. It's Zach. It's Zach. Yeah. Zach, um, had an interview with Jacoby Myers where Jacoby Myers, you know, I give him a lot of credit. Like he, he took it on the chin. He said, look, man, it it wasn't coaching. I've seen some of your idiot fan base get on the coaches for this. He was like, we were not told to do that. Like that was just instinctually our decision. Like Ramondre just pitched it to him and Jacoby pitched it to Mac. But he was like, that wasn't the plan going in. It was just kind of spur of the moment. He thought yeah. that's what you got to do. And, yeah, he was doing too much. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's even people today saying, like, oh, this move makes me not want to re-sign Jacoby. Where I'm like, they literally – the two. did you see the two-point conversion? Because that was, like, one of the most yeah. beautifully drawn plays. You have everyone go to the right. You have Jacoby fake the guy out, go to the left, and then catch the ball in the flat. It was perfect. This team, like, even today with the coach, like, the coaching today was not as bad as what it was against Arizona. It was just, you know what, there were simple offensive mistakes. It wasn't getting the ball done. And even stuff like the play, the Darren Waller touchdown, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Guys like that are going to do that. 
I've come to terms with that. You know, like where you have to accept certain guys are going to do certain things. Like Justin Jefferson against when he played Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs when he played against him. It's probably going to happen next Saturday too when Jamar Chase plays the Patriots. Same thing's going to happen. But all in all, I'll say this right now. This team is not bad. I know they're 7-7 seven and seven right now. Out of their last three games. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, boy. Looks like they got it back. They did. Yeah. This game is just sloppy. I think this team, I still said this at the beginning of the year, their worst case scenario is 8-9, and nine, and I still believe that. I don't think there's a way they lose out all the last three games. especially. No. Those, no. I, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for you guys hard next week because my fear is that if you guys lose to the Bengals – then the game against the Dolphins becomes the emotional season on the line, lay it all on the line, go go balls to the wall, and that's when the eighth win comes in. So that would be annoying. And look, as a fan, one thing you can hope for, if the Bills win next week, they clinch the division. Yeah. If the Bills beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football and the Chiefs lose one more game in the next two weeks, I think they play the Chiefs play Seattle now. And then after Seattle, they play someone else. I can look it up pretty quickly. But they played Vegas week 18. That's all I remember. And I think they play, I'll look it up. They play, yeah, they play Seattle next weekend. And then they play Vegas week 18. And then week 17, oh, Kansas. Denver. Ugh. Home to Denver. Yeah, so that so that's not happening. Uh, but if if let's say, okay, let's say Seattle, because that one's actually possible. If yeah. the Bills, if the Bills win the next two games. And they the Chiefs lose to the Seahawks, which they play the Bears next week, and and they have the Bears next week. They're like nine point favorites. So if those things happen, then week eighteen the Bills will have clinched the division and clinched the one seed. And when you clinch the division and clinch the one seed, that's when they may rest Josh Allen, and that's where you would have a glimmer of hope that okay, if they rest Josh Allen, maybe that could be a win too. So I'd say something. I'd rather have you guys break our playoff spirits and the bills. I don't want that. You really think I need the bills eliminating the Patriots two years in a row? No, that's not good for my human psyche. Um, one other thing I'll say is though, it's like I said, I've never thought of this year to be the year to go for it. It never was. Yeah. It was to me, it's always next year. Next year is that year where I want a competitive team where, you know what? Hey, you might hear me saying some outlandish things, but it's like the same thing you heard Danny saying this year because of the money Joe Douglas spent and the draft capital they got, drafting Sauce, drafting Garrett Wilson. With the Patriots, it's a very, it's a very similar, similar avenue. But because when I look at this team, there's not a whole lot of need. I would say, if anything, probably tackle because I think Isaiah, one of Isaiah Wynn or Trent Brown's probably gone. More like I think it's – excuse me, I think Isaiah Wynn. Mm-hmm. Um, running back, they're fine. Tight end, they're fine. I know Hunter and John knew exactly haven't had good seasons, but they're fine players. It's literally just get a wide receiver. I, I think our defensive line is one of the best in football. Our defense as a whole is one of the best in football, the way they've been playing. Because that's the one thing about the, the Bill Belichick teams. The defense is always good. Yes. So we'll, we'll, yeah. So that, that's the only thing I'm going to say is we'll see what happens in these last three games. But I'm kind of looking already and seeing like, hey, who fits on this team for next year and who doesn't. Uh, I think that guys like David, like I said, Damian Harris is gone. I think Nelson Aguilar, they're just not going to resign. Um, and I, I think Jacoby Myers is going to resign. I think you could potentially see a Kendrick Bourne trade, even though I don't want that because I think Bourne is good for this team. But we'll see what happens. And one other thing I'll say is, is for anyone saying to me over the Matt Patricia thing, you really think Robert Kraft's going to sign up for another year of this? Because I do not see that happening. I think Robert, especially if Cliff gets fired, especially if Cliff gets fired, I think there's a chance that I know Greg said it on Thursday. 
I mean, he's a former Bill Belichick quarterback, so why not go get Cliff? Because I think Cliff is a good offensive coordinator, but not a good head coach. Or Cliff gets a bag and goes back to college. And uh, there's also the Bill O'Brien thing that we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Um, uh, I, I gotta say it, gotta say it, because there was that report about it like two years ago. The weird relationship that the Patriots seem to have with Adam Gase. I'm just saying. And again, again, same thing like you said with Cliff. Gase's main criticisms come from being the head coach and the play caller. When you're just the offensive coordinator, like he was in Denver in that one year in Chicago, things are different. So something to keep in mind. And uh, I know no no one in your fan base will be excited about that. Everyone will start bitching, but something to keep in mind. I wouldn't exactly rule it out because Adam Gase as an OC was fine. Even Adam Gase in Miami. He was wasn't fun. a he wasn't a terrible head coach. He made the playoffs and then it's just the Jets. Like even to his first year with the Jets, they were seven and nine. It's just the second year. It was just stupid mistake after cold. stupid mistake and everything like that. That's where that part comes in. And, um, and the the key receiver thing matters. Like T. That's why I keep bringing up T. Higgins because how did AJ Brown get traded? AJ Brown was with the Titans for three years and then it was time to pay him. He was not a first round pick, so yeah. he was he was in a contract year that off season. And demanded like contract negotiations, and eventually the Titans didn't agree and traded him. So T. Higgins, also not a first round pick, been with the Bengals for three seasons now. T. Higgins is going to want a new contract, and yep. if he wants like a big bag of like twenty five million dollars, and if the Bengals say we can't do that because we have to pay Joe Burrow, we have to pay Jamar Chase, and we already gave Joe Mixon a lot of money, not to mention some of their guys on defense, then you could see the Bengals trading T. Higgins. And, and the offensive right. line, too. Like, I know Alex Kappa got a pretty significant payday. Ted Karras yep. got a payday. I think Joe Mixon's making, like, $16 million a year, if I'm not mistaken. Burrow will be in the least in the 45-plus category. He deserves it. And the Jamar Chase, too. Because that's that's the thing this year. This offseason, you're going to see the market reset. Because, look, what's Justin Jefferson going to get from the Vikings? What's uh, what's Tua going to get from Miami? What's Joe Burrow going to get? What's Justin Herbert going to get? I know everyone's saying, oh, Justin Herbert hasn't done anything. He is the Chargers quarterback in the future. So there's all these guys where it's like, what are they going to get? C.D. Lamb is another example, too, in Dallas. C.D. Lamb, yeah. Which I think that's going to be – I'm going to say this right now. And also, to Tony Pollard for Dallas as well. So I think there's a chance that Zeke either restructures or he gets traded. Like, I think that's – I, for the Tyree Kill thing, when it came down to, oh, I'm not getting enough touches, no, that wasn't a thing. I think it was just a money thing. He didn't want to give money back to help, so then they, they had to deal him. But I like your T. Higgins method. I Like I said, I always starting to get on the boat of he's not going to be on Cincinnati long-term just because, like you said, they have to pay those guys. And when it comes down to it, you're going to go chase over T. Higgins. So you could send him to New England. Maybe they don't want to trade him in conference, but at least it's not in division. Or if the Patriots yeah. offer a first-round pick. I'd trade a first-round pick for T. Higgins. He's that good. The only other player I would see the Patriots potentially trading for would be like a Deontay Johnson, for example. Like, you know, he's already paid. And because I'm sorry, but there's a few teams in the NFL right now that I look at where I'm like, there's no hope already for 2023. One of them, and hopefully he doesn't hear this, I I, I don't think the Saints have any hope for next year. Yeah, the cap, uh, cap situation is still fucked. Like they, like, they spent all those years kicking the can down the road. Well, here we are. You eventually got to pay the bartender the tab. Uh, Michael Thomas is another one I want to say, but I just think that's too much of a risk. I think it's just too risky at this point. I think have, I think Michael Thomas will go to some team. He'll blow it up. Um, but like like the Saints the Steel, and the Steelers are another one. I just think next year is going to be a painful year for them. 
Mike Tomlin will still be there, but like they drafted the last couple of years for need over for want over need. Like I don't think they had to go out and get Kenny Pickett. I think you could have ridden with Mitch Trubisky. You know, yeah, had a, had the season of whatever, and then this year you're in a good position to draft a quarterback. But now you're in the teens to where, yeah, if you wanted to upgrade over Pickett, you you kind of can't. So what do you do if you're the Steelers? Um, the only other player I would say for the Patriots though that I would love to draft, but there's no way in hell that's going to happen is. Uh, the offensive lineman Peter Skorwinski from uh, Northwestern, yeah, would love him, but I don't. Th- he's not making it out of the top ten, maybe top five. So we'll see what happens there. And even the other thing too, with people getting paid this year because his graphic just came up, what what are the Giants going to give Saquon? Yeah, like because it's a situation where if they don't pay him, someone else will. And yeah. even if someone won't, even if they even if they won't, even if they won't pay him, what like he would have gotten paid like five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, I still think there's a deal to be made. I liked, I really like the Titans, uh, the Titans Derrick Henry contract. Um, they gave Derrick Henry four years, fifty million dollars, with twenty five million guaranteed. Yeah. So twelve and a half million per year, and only the first two years are guaranteed. I think that's a good deal. It's like the running back gets twenty five million guaranteed, so it's not like they're getting no money. And you, as a team, by their third or fourth year of the deal, if the running back still has it. You can keep him around. Like, I'm sure the Titans are still going to keep Henry around. You can keep him around and see what you get out of him on, on that number, which is not that high. Or or if the running back loses his burst by then, you can just cut him and it's no extra cost to the cap. And so I think I think those deals like that are good. I think the deal that McCaffrey got is too much, as saw by them eventually trading him. Like $16 million a year. I think it's too much for running backs in today's NFL. But – Twelve and a half million a year. I think that's reasonable. So I yeah. think that's what I hope they do. Four years, fifty million. Yeah, that's that seems reasonable. That seems fair. Um, oh, the other thing too, by the way, with Cincinnati is uh, their owner's been notoriously cheap. So that's the other thing too with the uh, Higgins. Um, there. Okay, this game's gonna come down to the wire, and I kind of love it. Um, I do too. It's, it's kind of a fun primetime game. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, thank you for putting this game into primetime because if what had happened to the Man, if what happened to the Patriots, they happened in prime time. Like, so I'm gonna ask you honestly, from an outsider's perspective, what was the worst event of the weekend? The Patriots or the Colts? Okay, so in terms of like immediate pain, I think there's more acute pain from what happened to the Patriots. But in terms of like big picture, what's worse? It's the Colts because that one goes in the history books forever. Yes, the Patriots play will be remembered forever too. Let's not get it twisted. Just like the Miami Miracle will be. But, or the Minneapolis miracle. Or the Minneapolis miracle. But at least the Patriots, you know, the game would have just gone to overtime. We don't know yep. what would have happened in overtime. You were on the road. Like, yes, yes, maybe they would have just won in overtime. And I understand you just want the chance to see whether you do or don't. So, but it's not like it's not like you did that with the lead. Um, because obviously who the hell would lateral with the lead and then lost the lead because of that game. Yeah. But yes, it's it's a very embarrassing way, but the Colts. Having the most blown lead in NFL history is the kind of stat that is cited forever. Yes. And even though it didn't happen in the playoffs, it's going to have a playoff-like memory. Because how many times have we heard about Frank Reich and the Bills overcoming the Oilers' 35-3 to deficit? I've been hearing that my whole life. So for one, not for one stat, one team to actually eclipse that number, I don't think that will ever be forgotten. So I think that is a bigger embarrassment long-term. Even though as a Colts fan – you kind of know as it's happening, oh, my God, like they're actually going to fuck this up. You get to overtime. The pain is dulled a little bit. 
But with the Patriots, it was very acute. It was like yeah. in the moment, holy shit, that hurt. Yeah. And I had family over here, and everyone's like, are you okay? And I literally just like got up, and I like came upstairs to my room right here, and I'm just like, I need a few minutes. I just, I needed, I needed, like, I needed my space. I just needed to, like, breathe. That was the thing that sucks most about it for me was that, like, I had family over, and I'm just, like, I have to soak this up with people who aren't really the biggest football fans in the world. Nothing against them. My family's great. They're all awesome. But you know what I mean? Like, if I was by myself or if my fiance was with me, she watches every game with me. So if that was the case, it'd be, like, one of those, you know, that's what it is. Maybe I go for a walk and just clear my head. But – which I did after the Patriots-Bills game last year. I, that's, like, one of the only times where I went for a walk. But, like, even – I'll say this about the Patriots. Last year's playoff game, it wasn't that bad because by halftime, I'm like, okay, you have 30 minutes left. Enjoy the season because you're not going to see it again until September. That's what we're going to do with these last three games with them. Today could have been – today feels like a playoff crusher because, like, obviously, like I said, they have to they have to win out. They have to, to have a chance. I don't think 9-8 gets you in. 10-7 and is going to get you in. And my only hope right now is that the Chargers piss down their leg, but I don't see it happening because, like we were saying earlier, Colts, Rams, Broncos. Like, I think they can lose one, but just the problem is, though, yeah. just one. I can't see them losing two or three. You know what? I can see them being – I can see them winning against the Chargers, but they sneak by. I can see the Chargers covering. As you know, it's that they had an emotional win today everyone's going to think they're going to go and kick their ass, but then it's a cross-country oh. trip as well. Oh, so, oh what's, what's about to happen? What's going to – Oh, my God. Jahan Dodson with the amazing catch. Wow. Oof. Wow. Okay, um, Terry pushing off there was kind of stupid to do, but I'll say that now. Um, that's just athleticism at its finest. My God. That's another team I'm going to get flowers to, by the way, is the Commanders. Even if they don't make the playoffs. Because when you look at right now the coaches who are on the hot seat, like who week 18 is realistically going to get fired? Like I, Even though they were in a bad year, I can't see Kevin Stefanski just because of all the Watson stuff. Yeah, I would think not. I, I would think Stefanski would get another year. Um, I would say Cliff is yeah. the big one to watch. Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I would say Lovey Smith is the one to watch. Oh, oh, shit. Um, Lovey Smith. Uh, and it might not be fair because they – think about it. They were competitive against the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. All three ga- – those are like the three best teams in football aside from the Bills. They're going to go out and get like – they're going to hire Josh McCown. It's yeah, going to be like one of those things. There's too much smoke about it, you know? Like, And then Albert Breer, who's very connected with Nick Casario, like had that report midseason that like – Ownership is unhappy. They know the team is rebuilding, but they thought they would be more competitive than a one-win team. They're they're about to get a first overall pick. You know that guy's. Have they clinched the first overall pick? No, but they got very close to it. Um, one other take I saw today by Dan Orlovsky, by the way, and I want to ask you about this. He was saying that if get the right pieces around Justin Fields and the Colt, the Bears are a Super Bowl contender next year. Um, I don't think that's true at all because that team. More than getting Justin Fields' pieces, you need to improve that defense. That defense yeah. is not that good. They trade, and it was partly by their own doing. They traded Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith to rebuild. It's like, okay, you got you got to replace those guys. Like you need new guys in there. That will always piss me off because you went for you basically went all in to beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and you've not won a game since. <laughs> that's that's the loss that's going to sting the most out of anything. More than today is the Bears' loss and the Vikings' loss because okay, they're gonna they're gonna beat the Bills at home, so the Dolphins can still have a chance to win the division. <laughs> um, 
fucking imagine. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, they're one twelve and one, uh, and then the Colt, the Bears are three and eleven. So I think basically, oh. if they lose next week to Tennessee, and then if yeah, the Bears, and then maybe if the Bears, if they lose and the Bears win, it's clinched. And if they lose two, it's yeah, yeah. I I, I get it now. I forgot about the Bears. It's they, all. It's, it's Texans, all- Bears, and then it's like Rams and Broncos, right? Except it's actually. Um, Lions wow. and and uh, Seahawks. If the draft ended today, here's how the top ten would go: It'd go Houston, Chicago, Seattle, Arizona, Detroit, Colts, Falcons, Eagles, Panthers, Packers. Arizona. Wow, I forgot about Arizona's. That. I think Arizona's pretty much. I think pretty much right now, the top. Th- I'd say the top four is secured with Houston, Chicago, Seattle via Denver, and then Arizona. I would say that because with Arizona right now, though, when I look at them, though, with like with need, I just I want to go. What do you need? Like that's the thing. Like even with Denver too. Like I because I know Denver has a first round pick with you guys, but like what does like Denver doesn't need anything. They need a quarterback, but you're not going to go get that. Meanwhile, with Arizona, I think you have to go. Who's that crazy defender from? Uh, oh, they're going for the field goal. Okay, so it'll be a two point game. So all they need to do is just get a. They're going to win 18 to 17 off two field goals. Watch. Oh, the Giants challenged it. Okay, right now, Dayball looks like Wink, and it's. Let's yeah, see this. That's yeah, out. Oh. That, that's out. That's out. Oh. Rough. That's rough. Um, You know what I mean? Like, what does Denver need? That's my thing. Is what does Denver need? And then with Houston, with Arizona, like it's defense. Arizona needs defense. Their defense was horrible Monday night. Arizona, but, uh, yeah. Arizona needs a lot of new players for the defense. Uh, they need offensive line help. They need a lot of things. But more, more than anything, they just need a new coach. They just need a new coach, a fresh start, a healthy Kyler. They need all that stuff more than anything else. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I don't think you have Kyler coach because I. Look, for I know they have the extensions, but they never said the fully guaranteed or anything about that for them. So if for anything we don't know what it what 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 the full details of the extensions are. So mm-hmm. like I said, Cliff's out. But even like so let's go back to the coaches then. Okay, so the only other coaches I can see leaving, like we said, is McVeigh. I can see Carroll retiring just because like you know it's the age thing and then Seattle kind of basically like how like we were talking earlier, Steve Kime, Dave Gettleman, they got their flowers on the way out. Yeah, and uh, oh, we didn't mention Hackett. We should have mentioned Hackett. It's weird. Like, the guys most likely to get fired are the one-and-done coaches. It's Dennis like Allen. The Dennis Allen, Nathaniel Hackett. We thought Josh McDaniels at one point. Not anymore, but at one point we thought that. Like, I think he's done enough to salvage his job. The other one I want to ask about, um, what about Arthur Smith? Uh, that's an interesting name. I would say probably not. Uh, but he'll be a guy where next year his job's on the line. Yes, I think that's the right move. I think I think it's ultimately going to end up being um, Matt Rule, Kingsbury, and then one-and-done people like like Dennis Allen, Lovey Smith, and Hackett. Those are probably the five most likely in total. If the commanders don't make the playoffs, I do think Rivera is still at risk. I know it seems unfair because they've bounced back over the last couple of weeks, but if they just bottom out, lose out, and they go 7-8-1 and one, or 7-9-1, and one, yeah. right? If they go seven nine and one or eight eight and one, I think either or, I think that would have him dangerous because that's three years without a winning season. Yeah, I thought that's kind of risky. 
That's that's the big thing too. Because like what I, the only other coaches I look at, like even if they make the playoffs, I'm an embarrassing loss. I think Brandon Staley's bought a case already for next year, unless they yeah. unless they choke down the stretch and miss the playoffs. Yeah. If they choke out, then he's another one at risk because they should be in the playoffs two years straight. So yes, I, I definitely agree with that with that name. Um, uh, Mike I, McCarthy, anyway. but that's a later on thing. Um, Matt Lafleur is another one. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. Yeah, I don't think I don't so. Think so. No, because they, they've won so much when Rodgers was there. Even though this year has not been as good. Yeah. Here's a. I got a little little fun oh, fun. First on the field, really? so of course it is. Here's a little fun crazy one. Crazy. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. Just hear me out. Okay. Robert Sala, who's done a great job this year, objectively, great. But if they lose out, which is very possible, their schedule is Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. That's which isn't easy anymore. And no, absolutely not. So, and again, like I like I like I said before, not to be contradictory, I think they're going to beat the Jags on Thursday. But just bear with me. Let's say they lose out. They lose out, and he's fighting with ownership about whether or not to play. Zach Wilson or Mike White. Yeah. That's the kind of like, like when you fight with ownership, if that report's true, when you fight with ownership, that's usually how you get fired. Yeah. So it's something to watch. My other thing too with him is I, I was always one of my dark horse candidates at the beginning of the year to get fired because of the potential and the expectation. Would it be a double house cleaning though? Or do you yeah, think that's Douglas the other thing. It, much like much like Joe Judge last year, where yeah, they had a bad year, but he was only two years in. People genuinely thought Joe Judge did a good job his first year, where the yeah. Giants would have won the division if the Eagles didn't tank that Sunday night game. Uh, the, but it was like, okay, you're firing Gettleman. You kind of have to fire the head coach too because then the head coach is going to be a lame duck if you fire the GM and bring in a new GM, right? So that could be a similar thing where they fire Joe Douglas and it's like, Salah, like it's not even really your fault, but we're going to want a new GM. A new GM is going to want his own guy. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yeah, because even still, I've seen, and I think Michael Lafleur is gone. I don't think there's a chance he's going to be coaching next year. Because every time I see Danny bitch tweet about the Jets, it's always about Michael Lafleur's play calling as well. Yeah. Um. But with Salah though, would he get another head coaching job? I think he would just go back to being a DC. Um. Because I think if D'Amico Ryan's gets one of those head coaching jobs, you can the Niners would easily bring him back. Yes, and I think uh, the the name of the new DCs we've already talked about some of them. We talked about Ben Johnson from the Lions, D'Amico Ryan's, the Eagles guys. Apparently, both of them, Shane Steichen and yeah. Jonathan Gannon, are both contenders uh, to get a job. And for those that don't know, Shane Steichen, I believe, was Justin Herbert's coordinator when he was a yeah. rookie, when he had yes, that rookie was. year. Yeah, so he obviously gets a lot of credit for a rookie quarterback being that good that quickly. Uh, so yeah, those those are Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, D'Amico Ryan's, uh, Ben Johnson. Uh, Dan Quinn, if he wants it, those are yeah. probably the names. Um, Dan Quinn's going to be one of those ones, though, where we all look at that and go, like, uh, LOL, okay, and then we yeah. realize that, yeah, he gets fired in, like, three to four years after getting yeah, a job. Everyone's going to bet against the th- yeah. whatever team he's coaching, like, bet against them on the spread yeah. most of the year. I have a weird one. Luke Getze. Mm, Potentially. Like that. Yeah, you know, he'll just play. Yeah. Yeah, because someone's going to see that, like, I, like I could see, like you know how they say stupid organizations do stupid things. Yeah. I could see like an Arizona going after you know, like you want an offensive guy to work with Kyler. You want like someone good to do. Um, the other name we haven't said, and by the way, I think there's a reason for this. Eric Bieniemy, but I still think that there's a handshake agreement that he takes over from Andy Reid when he retires. Yeah, and especially since. Uh... 
if especially I think Patrick probably also calls shots on that as well, where it's like, okay, they're fucking ramming it down their throats right now. And the Giants Giants weren't doing this for most of the game. They did it in that drive to end the first half, but that was it. Yeah. This is all like two minute offense. Like that the Giants are no Washington still has three timeouts, but yeah. Uh it's not 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 looking encouraging. If the Giants kick a field goal, the game is not over. It is unlikely, but it's yeah. not over. Yeah. But yeah, that's my thing. I thought I'll get to just for there. Cause when I look at other names like Michael LaFleur, no. Uh Ken Dorsey, I don't think so. No, no, that's too it's too early. He's the he's probably more of a next year or year after yeah. kind of guy. Leslie Frazier, I don't think so. I think his name will be in the conversation, but ultimately, even if Buffalo loses this year, which I still say this, and I and I'll say in a second, I, with Buffalo, I still think it's this year. Or it's never for Buffalo. I think this is their best chance to win. Well, they're probably going to be the one seed, and it's like if you don't win when you're the one seed, you know that's kind of dicey. I will say though, not many teams can win in that building. I think my team can. We're division opponents. We have that like familiarity with them, but. I think for other teams it's going to be hard. Like you never doubt out, you never doubt Mahomes, but like Joe Burrow, who kind of has a little bit, his arm is like not like Herbert's arm. Like him in that weather, or the Ravens in that weather. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're able to do that. So we'll see. That's my thing. That's my thing. Where I say that, like I'd almost rather, like that's why I don't. I didn't say this to Greg, but I said this to my other Buffalo guy that comes on, Joe, Joe Miller. Do not buy AFC East Championship merchandise because I know they go around flexing that. They treated the – like, for them last year even too, them beating the Patriots was their Super Bowl in my opinion. I will stand by that take just because, you know, you finally got the one up on Big Brother. You finally did this. But then now look at the end goal. Look at getting to Phoenix. Because there's – like, when you look at – like, I still say this. Like, there's two teams from the AFC, potentially three. If I had to say, probably Buffalo, Casey, and maybe Cincinnati. Those are the three I look at to get to the Super Bowl. But with the NFC, I'm sorry. I at this point, I think it's I think it's San Francisco's to lose. I don't think they'll get the one seed. I think Philly will, but because at the end of the day, with their like, do we trust the Eagles to go far? The Eagles are like the Eagles and the Vikings are those teams that I trust to, you know, have a devastating playoff loss. And it's that what went wrong and then Next year, they're one of those teams that have like those crazy expectations on them. Also, other thing too with the quarterbacks for this year for contracts. If I'm Jalen Hurts, because he can re-sign on January one. If you're Howie Roseman, you get that deal done immediately. Do and not I, let do don't let the other guy sign first. I I'm not I'm not a fan of the Eagles in the playoffs. Well, my main reason why and I've said this before, like they're not really built to play from behind, and yeah. what like. What happens in the playoffs when you're down by two touchdowns in the second half and you can't really run the ball anymore? You have to throw. Like, they, in that Commanders game, they had a two-minute drill, down five points to take the lead in that Commanders game. On first down, they run the ball with Miles Sanders. On third down, Hurts scrambles. And you can't really do either of those things, but you do them in that situation because that's who they are. Like, they don't know how to play offense without running the ball. But sometimes in two-minute drills, you don't have time for that stuff. You don't have time – to mix in runs here and there. And also your offensive line doesn't give you perfect protection because now pass rushers know that you have to throw the ball. So they're going to run as soon as the snap gets off. They're not going to try to play the run lanes. And I I just, I I just can't trust a team that has gotten very lucky in close games this year. Like I said, I think they're like four and one in close games. Yeah. I can't trust them to, to go far in the playoffs unless I know they can overcome a double digit second half lead against the playoff team. 
And I'm just not sure they're capable of that. So yeah, no, I'm 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 more into San Francisco. And I think San Francisco's defense is better. Even if I don't trust Brock Purdy to do that either. One, I kind of trust Shanahan a little bit more than Sirianni. But two, their defense is better. So they're gonna be less likely to be in that situation in the first place because the Niners have the best defense in football. Yeah, that's the thing. Where the nine the, the Niners this year, it's like the 2015 Broncos. Just get decent offensive play and then let your defense do the rest. That's all you can do. Because that, that, that will get D'Amico Ryan's a head coaching job. Um, and even still, like with all the weapons they have and everything like that. Um, I don't know if we talked about this too too much on uh sat on Thursday, but with the Tom Brady stuff. Because I've been starting people have been like, oh, like I even I jokingly got asked, was Brady coming back to New England? I also got I got asked if I was a Buccaneers fan today by someone, and I said, <laughs> No, I said I'm loyal. I, I was here going down. So let's see what Gano does. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 don't spoil, don't spoil. You're ahead of me now. What a kick. Wow. That was a fucking goofy kick. Gano's like one of the weirdest field goal kickers in the league. I'll also laugh again if this game goes 20 to 20 because. Um, yeah, it, it was 20 to 13 last time. And the commander scored a touchdown in under two minutes to send it to overtime. So it, it is possible. It is 20 to 20 again. I got to stop predicting Giants losses because I came on here Thursday and was saying it was their funeral and stuff. Even though I did take them on the four and a half today in my spread pool. I did because I was just like, you know what? I had a feeling they'd keep it close. I just look at the Giants where I'm like, next week against Minnesota in that big spot like that, I think that's where we truly learn how can – is this team going to be good or not? That's where I think we learn with them. Uh, I want uh, the Commanders – oh, the Commanders or the Giants? The Commanders play the Niners, don't they? Yeah, the Giants play the Vikings. It's, it's a big weekend for both of those teams. I, I personally think – it's weird. I think the Commanders have more talent, but yeah. the Giants are kind of like, like, like when they won all those close games early in the year. Like they just like, and just the way like Saquon's talking right now to the camera, it's like, I don't know. They have like some grit and moxie to them yeah. that, and I know Greg's gonna kill it like, because I know Greg was saying on the show on Thursday, like, oh, teams that win one score games aren't exactly like tougher than other teams. I agree with you on that, but what I more so mean is that the Giants like. With Saquon and with some other guys on defense, they just like have guys that aren't afraid of the moment, and their quarterback is just a little bit better. No. Even though the the Commanders like start to finish may have a better roster one to fifty three, their quarterback is not as good in my opinion, yeah. and they don't have those guys that come up huge in big moments as much as the Giants do. They have Terry. Their guys in the defensive line are awesome. But I just think with Saquon, with Thibodeau, with Dexter Lawrence, who caused that Heineke fumble, like the Giants guys have more consistently done that, I guess, in my point. The Giants' big thing for me still is their offensive line. That's still the big thing for me. I know they have Andrew Thomas, who's been great at left tackle this year, and Evan Neal. But you got to get your guard play and your center play right. That's my biggest thing with them. And, you know, I know – it was like I was saying on Thursday with you and Greg – they have good pieces, and if you're watching on YouTube, we're looking off because obviously we want to watch this two-minute drill. Um, let's see what he does. Oh, they got good field position, though. Oh, and oh, oh, he was in. Oh my, Curtis Samuel. Careful, remember you're a little bit ahead of me now, okay. but not by much. You're ahead of me by like by like half a second. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Because um, that was that, a hell of a it, play. It's just when it comes to when it comes down to it, I just. 
I just go against the Giants because I trust them to – I've been saying this a lot, and it's a weird expression to pee down their leg more, like, you know, when they get nervous. I just trust the Giants to do that. But if they – even if they get the win today, they they still have to play the Vikings and the Eagles. And I'm sorry, that Eagle, if that – because how they looked last week is just where I go, and I'm like, oh, same old Giants. Like, But if, Eagles, if the Eagles – now, I don't think the Eagles are winning next week. But if the Eagles win the week after against the Saints, yeah, they will have um, – uh, they clinch a spot. Uh, yeah. They clinch the one seed, so they may. So if you clinch the rest. one seed, what? They'll rest. They'll rest. Yeah, they'll rest versus the Giants. And then we have proof of this. Last year, that's what they did. The Eagles clinched the playoff spot, and they were the seventh seed, and they were like seed locked. Like they couldn't go up or down. They could only be <laughs> seven, so they didn't. They didn't play Jalen Hurts. I bet Quez Watkins in that game to get a touchdown for fun, and it fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all the Eagles fans being like, oh, Dallas, you beat our practice squad, and then the next week they got fucking cooked by the Buccaneers in Tampa. <laughs> did you say you took them the next week on the line? Or No, I did not. I did oh. not. Yeah, You said they put out like a practice squad team. Yeah, they put out a practice squad team. But then the next week, their starters and Jalen Hurts looked like sh- that's why I don't trust Jalen Hurts either. Because remember the playoffs last year in Tampa, he looked horrible. Yeah, yeah, and like he was saying today, how he was saying today, how um, he was cut off by how cold it was in in Chicago. And sure, I've been in Chicago at that time of the year; it's a bitch. But you live in Philly, like you're gonna have to play cold weather games yeah. in Philly. Like I, I'd be a little cautious about that. And look, hey, I will admit, I never thought Jalen Hurts would be this good. I will openly admit that. I thought he would be more of a mid-level quarterback. I do think he is on a great system with a great offensive line, the second-best receiver duo in the league besides mine, and a top-five tight end in the league, and a really good defense. His job is so easy. He never, He's never behind in the scoreboard. He's never under any pressure. Like, There's so many quarterbacks in the league that would take that team to the playoffs. So them being 13-1 and one just isn't all that impressive to me. But the numbers are great. Yeah, and I don't think everyone in the league would have those numbers. And certainly not everyone would have 11 rushing touchdowns. Um, I just think that on worse offenses, he would, like, really, really struggle. Um, but, again, it doesn't matter for now. He fits that team. He fits how that team works. And he's better than I thought he would be. I was wrong. So, good for him. But, yeah, trust in the playoffs, I'm not there yet. Yeah, I'm not there yet either. I'm not. Um, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I was thinking about Detroit Lions possible targets. I look at your tight end right now for them. I don't know why. Yeah, no, it's I, – I think I think uh, my tight end is is not going to be in Miami anymore. Um, it, it's sad. Like, that's one of the sad parts about yesterday. Um, aside from the other stuff that we already talked about, that, you know, Dolphins fought their hearts out. They really, really should have won that game. They show, they, though, they show they belong in the playoff picture. They do. And I, I – I, I, they covered – like, you know, they, they beat expectations for sure. It's that cruel nature of football and life generally. It's called – You got the, the moral victories, but not the victory. The disease and it's the disease of more. It's like, yes, I just wanted them to put up a fight. And I said on this show on Thursday, even if they win or lose, maybe they have their Bills Bucks moment from last year where the Bills lost to the Bucks in overtime and they went on a run right after that until they lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. And it was like, okay, you don't win the game, but you prove that you can hang with a contender and that yeah. gives you the confidence to play better. I, I do think something like that can happen with this team, so I can't complain. But when we get so close, when they have an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter, you can't help but naturally just go, oh, man, can you please win the game? Uh, so, yeah, it's – wow, nice catch. Yeah, that was like me against Green Bay earlier this year and in, in Minnesota too. It's like one of those things where it's like you look good, you do this, but more so Green Bay where it's like 
and even last year, too, when the Patriots played the Dallas Cowboys. It, it sucks. I don't like it at all. But you know what? It's it's what we're here for. It's the fun of football. It's just something I thought of with there. But yeah. then even the snow pellet stuff, like I don't know if it was snowballs or if it was ice or not. But at the same time, too, I look at it the way as if no one got hurt. So I don't look at it as too big of a big deal, which. Yeah. You don't look at it as like with the same amount of pain. Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> oh, my God. How do you drop that? Oh, my God. That's the game-losing interception. The, the snap was horrible, but here's the thing. Um, every time you drop a pick, something bad happens right after it. I'm not trying to wish bad on the Giants. But, yeah, but... You, I mean, as, as, a, as, as a fan who watched a million dropped Tom Brady interceptions in the fourth quarter over the years, usually that meant doom on the next player of the play after. Yeah, even shit like this, huh? like not getting set in time, like having. Oh well, you know, never mind. That actually, did... oh, I think they got the time off. Did they get the timeout off, or oh, they did. Oh, nice. I think they got the timeout call. If you're a Commanders fan, John Hussey to the rescue. Am I right? I I, I definitely want. I so badly want two 2020 ties because then I believe it would be the first two teams in NFL history to have two lot, two ties. Right. And I then so now I don't know if the NFL will do this, but if it does happen, we collectively as fans, because if you have two ties, that basically means you want one and one in the two games. Yeah. The NFL should just take out the ties and add a win and a loss to each team's record. That makes yeah. it nice and clean and easy for everybody. So then both teams would be eight and six. Yes. Both teams would be eight and six. Each they each get a win and they each get a loss. Because if you have two ties, in theory, what you're saying, because a tie is half a win and half a loss. So two ties is a win and a loss. And isn't nice. eight and six isn't eight and six a lot cleaner than seven, five, and two? Oh god, yeah. Oh man, how did he not get there? I think Thibodeau oh, shut him down one, the lot too. Oh, you're ahead of me, but yeah, they want. Yeah, I think Thibodeau. I think Thibodeau shut them down at the line. Why? Why are you calling a timeout if you're the? Why are the Giants burning their timeouts like yeah, this? Because they want they want time to drive down and kick a field goal. Oh, uh, okay. Was that who? Uh... Oh, Thibodeau was right there. I think he was trying to get out of bounds. It was a good call by the refs. Yeah, you it know wasn't... what? Um. I know I said I was kind of pissed about getting uh, flexed, but it ended up being for the good podcast, even though we've kind of gone on and off and we're kind of half distracted right now. But <laughs> I mean, da- yeah, Daniel but Jones. Dec- I remember I got asked one time, why are you podcasting a Giants game with a Dolphins fan? And I was like, it's a joke gimmick. We started two years ago and it's just carried and, onward. And here, because of, because of moments like this. Yes. And down to the wire, potentially another 2020 tie. Like, this is the drama we live for in America. Yes. I still remember the first ever moment with this, I will never forget it, was Daniel Jones's crazy run against the Eagles, Thursday Night Football, 2020. It was something to remember. Back in the Skype podcasting days, and now look at me, paying paying the money for StreamYard and having these beautiful graphics and all this fun gizmos and gadgets and stuff i've come a long way 
200 episodes, man. That's the other thing. We're, I, I, this started as a fun thing I did with – it was Britton Harrison on episode number one all that time ago. And now, like I said, gotten to meet many people. Now, I like like you and I kind of reconnected us, other people. It's crazy as we're killing time. When they, what are they reviewing here? They're reviewing though, whether or not um, he was – out of bounds on his own or whether he oh, was forced out yeah, oh, okay. to wind the clock. Cause if they, if the clock doesn't need to be wound down, then the giants get their second time out back. Oh, okay. I love how you just like shoot the camera away there. Let's see what happens here. I'm reading John Hussey's lips. I can't really make it out though. High quality television we've got going on here. Yeah. High quality podcasting. Oh, yeah, so they put, got, yeah, they put the time back on the clock and the Giants get the timeout back. Yeah. But I'll say this right now, though. If the commanders were to tie it up, I think we can learn a lot about Daniel Jones if he's able to lead them down to get a game-winning field goal. Yeah, I saw I saw Chris Collinsworth was saying before the game that this could be a moment where Daniel Jones shows his worth as a franchise quarterback. And part of me wondered, hmm, they meet with the coaches and GMs before these primetime games. I wonder if some of that came from the Giants organization. That must have, because I feel like Joe okay. Shane has faith in Daniel Jones. I think it's just this is the year where it's really the – it's his fourth year. It's the prove-it year. It's the, you know, you got to go out there and do it. You got to go and do your own. Let's see. I thought he got in personally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do the dance, baby. False start. Throw the hanky out. Is it third down still? Because that's a big deal. Oh, no. It's a yeah. Yeah, legal formation. Oh, no. It was false start. No? It says illegal. Well, I mean, same thing. It says illegal formation. Well, they're doing the false start movement. That's why I ask. Why is he illegal formation? But even still, was he? Was he in? I thought he, he was. was. He, you're going to see it in a yeah. sec. You're going to see it in a second. He, he was in. Yeah. Okay, you got to throw it here. What Jordans does he buy if they win? Uh, I think uh, I think he said that when they tied, he didn't buy them, or he bought neutral colors or something like that. Uh, something that he'd buy the G-Man colors, like blue or white or something like that. Here it comes, folks. Here's the game. Fourth down. Fourth and goal. 56 seconds left on the clock. I still think Daniel Jones gets franchised. I don't think he gets a long-term extension next year. Oh, Lucas got beat. Let's see. Oh, oh yeah. Lucas just gave up there and let uh, Ojolari go. Yeah, I think he gets franchise tag, too. I think yeah. that's the right call. Um, yeah. They're in a tough spot because he's definitely gotten better. He's not as bad as he used to be. Uh, but... You know, he's still not a top 10 quarterback. So you're kind of in this weird limbo where you don't really know what to do. Step up in the pocket, dude. Ball game. We have our first ever Danny Dimes primetime win and our first ever Danny Dimes in primetime win because every game we've done, they've lost. I remember they had. Okay, I don't know why Kayvon Thibodeau's crying, but okay, whatever. You're. The... Hopefully he's I still think there's a chance. What? I said, hopefully he's not hurt. 
Let's hope not. Why didn't oh, he's gonna find it? Oh, no one. He couldn't step out of the pocket. No one's open. McLaurin hat was more open than Samuel was, though. Like, let's just see the replay right here. Yeah, I did. Because McLaurin gets McLaurin realizes, oh hey, I'm gonna go over here. You could have had the floor, the floor, the, the, the yeah. ball roll out to McLaurin, but no. I wonder if you see Carson Wentz again. I think if they get smoked by San Francisco, yes. But if not, then no. But we'll have to wait and see. As he was draped all over him, but that's going to yeah, do was, it. That was arguably PI. Yeah, you could argue PI. I feel like sometimes, though, in those moments, and like refs really hold their they hold the handkerchiefs. Yeah, what the fuck happened to Thibodeau there? Though I'm trying to figure that out. Eh, maybe he was just emotional when the game. Yeah, no, the, the medical team was looking at him. They just showed mm, it. Fair enough. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you could have really argued P.I. there on. You really could argue P.I. there, but we're not going to do that. But um, I think what we're going to – love Julian Love in the backfield. But anyway, folks, I think that's going to do it. 200 in the bag. Look at yeah, us. Yeah. 200 yeah. in the bag. And we finally got a Daniel Dines primetime win. It took 200 episodes. Yeah, it's, oh, he, He's like, these guys are doing episode 200. We're going to make it special for them. It's going to be good. This, for the Giants, though, as an organization, is a feel-good win. This is a good win for them. It is. But now it's kind of like, how do you build on it? I know we always try to find like those negative uh, attachments to the Giants, but that's how I look at it. Where do you go from here if you're the New York Giants? And look, the Giants might get lucky, even if they lose to the Vikings, and if they lose to whoever they play. After Colts that. and Eagles. Colts. Oh, that's Colts. Okay, I think I think the Giants are probably going to be in the playoffs because I think they're either going to beat the Colts or they're going to they're going to play the Eagles when the Eagles rest everybody. Yeah. And that would leave the Giants. Let's say the Giants only win one more game. They go one and two down the stretch. That means the Giants finish nine, seven, and one. Yes. And if you finish nine, seven, and one, you're going to finish ahead of all those nine, nine and eight teams, which include the Packers, which could be the Lions. The Lions lose a game, and that might the Seahawks if they lose a game, they'll already have eight losses. So being nine, seven, and one, I think would be a big advantage. The only big thing too with the Giants is well, the the one thing with the Giants and those two teams is remember the Seahawks and the Lions beat both of them, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. But now for everything, it's just time's going to tell. And one more thing before we get out of here tomorrow night, I'm going to say this. I think I know we talked about this on uh, Sunday night, but um, as I try, as someone is trying to make her way onto the podcast, Aww. yes, this is Princess. She's not exactly camera shy, but she's decided to come here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna... Does she does she also like Packers minus seven? <laughs> Packers minus seven or Rams minus seven? What do you think? Rams, Rams. She said Rams minus plus seven. Well, she I would say I would say the side the side on this one for me is pretty hard. Um, but what I will say is uh, the over. I like the over here. I think the Packers can score like 20, 20 points. I think the I think the Packers are probably going to score twenty four, and the Rams are probably going to score twenty, maybe twenty one, maybe seventeen, or something like that. Twenty four seventeen gets the over on this number. So yeah, I like the over. Give me twenty one to twenty. Give me twenty four to twenty one Packers. I yeah. guess it's a close fought game where you know Aaron Rodgers leads like one of his historic uh oh, it's in Lambo too. Yeah. Exactly. Lambo on a Monday night doesn't get better than that. 
That's all I got to say. But anyway, Big Rat, thank you very much for being on here. We'll have to do it again soon. Definitely week 18, you know, when you and Danny get to bitch at each other and you guys get to exchange shots in person, in person, not on Twitter. But anyway, my friend, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank I'm you sure so we'll be much. talking all throughout there, but I don't know if we'll be able to talk like this before the New Year, so I just wanted to say that. Merry anyway, Christmas. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. But anyway, folks, 200 in the bag. Whenever Daniel Dimes is on primetime, you know where to find the two of us. Hopefully they put Giants-Eagles on primetime because you never know what can happen in the NFL. But anyway, folks, it's going to do it. 200 in the bag. Here's the 200 more. I'll see you guys next time on more WC Football Talk. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.